you're listening to The Arts Report on CITR, 101.9 FM broadcasting live from UBC Point Grey campus on the unceded Moscheme territory in Vancouver. This is Sarah, your host for, well, I guess from now on, I guess, because Lua can't make it until 5.30, but don't worry, you will be listening to her because <laughs> we do have a pre-recorded review. So, um... If you do not know, VIF is happening, that is Vancouver International Film Festival. It is going on until this weekend. Um, I think this Sunday might be the last weekend. Uh, let me just double check for you. So we are seeing a lot of movies from VIF. We have seen some, um, still seeing some. So for today, we I am going to do a review of Steph Only and then... Um, uh, Lua is going to do two reviews, Bakurao and Blood Quantum. But before that, Lua went to see a play. It's from the Arts Club and it's called Birds and Bees. And well, I'm just going to leave you with that, I guess. Um, I hope you will enjoy the review. Hello, everyone. This is Lua and... Right now, I'll be in the show live a little bit later, but right now I'd love to talk about two really cool, well, one really cool play and one of the VIF films I saw this week. Um, let's start with the play. So the Arts Club is putting on The Birds and the Bees right now. It started last week, um, more specifically last Wednesday. And to summarize my experience with the show is simply to say, what a show. Um, the Birds and the Beast is a very, very, very incredibly funny comedy. Um, and as you can imagine, by the title, The Birds and the Beast, it is, at the end of the day, about sex. But it's not just about sex, it's more about how we, as regular people, deal with our sex lives but not in a very explicit manner at all and it takes a very um a very non-direct approach to talking about sex which i found very interesting and from a perspective that you don't usually see when we're talking about sex um i just feel that sometimes there are shows that are about sexual experiences and they're super explicit and then others that are so hidden or so trying to hide it so much that they are about sex that it becomes kind of almost defeating the purpose of it and with the birds and bees it was funny it was exhilarating it was also emotional at points but overall it was just gave you that incredible sensation that the birds the bees even educated birds, even every educated, I don't know, I don't remember the lyrics of that song, but you know what I mean, everyone does it. <laughs> but let me actually talk about the act, the story of the birds and bees. The, the play is about, revolves around this mother and daughter, and this woman, the mother, her name is um, Gail, sorry, yeah, her name is Gail. And Gail has a bee farm. Uh, Gail has a bee farm and she has been divorced from her husband for the past 20 years. Her husband left her for her best friends, which is already an interesting situation. And all of a sudden, the play starts with Sarah, one of her two daughters, the older one, um, coming to her house and saying, I'm going to live here for a while because her husband and her are also getting divorced. And we soon learn that the reason these two people are getting divorced is because they've been trying to have kids for a really long time and they've done a lot of different treatments, they've tried a number of different things. But as Sarah says, it doesn't take an expert to know that you can't get pregnant if you're not having sex. And so that's the setup of the entire play. These two women are coming together. Well, this mother is being reunited with her daughter because her daughter is ending her marriage and she doesn't have anywhere else to go. And so 
can you, you can imagine the confusion that ensues. Um, Gail has been living by herself for years in this farm. And Sarah, who's also a farmer, but a turkey farmer, is trying to piece her life back together after ending a 15-year year marriage. Um, and at the end of the day, she just wants to have a child. But she wanted to have a child in the way that she imagined it. Um, and then we have two other characters that really make the spirit of the play and allow it to move forward, which are Earl and Ben. And Earl is the farmer neighbor of Gail, and they're pretty close. They, um, the G Earl rents land from Gail, and so they're both around the same age, around in their 60s, and they're connected. They've been neighbors for years and years and years, and they just help each other. Ben, on the other hand, is a university student who is studying Gail's piece. And Earl, one day, <laughs> proposes to Gail that they are no, they become a no-strings-attached um, <laughs> arrangement, which in, her, in your 60s is not something that most people would think about. And to me, that's one of my favorite parts of this entire play, besides it being hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Like, I was, my stomach hurt from laughing so much. Um, I was crying at times from laughing so much. The fact that they are showing that older people can have a love life, can know, do have a love life, and it's as normal as anyone else's love lives, and just because you're older doesn't mean sex is not going to happen for you anymore. Which is a really cool way to see. There is nudity in this play. A little bit of nudity. There's nothing super explicit. Um, there is uh, a lot of uh, strong language. But it all works very well together. It's nothing. Nothing is gratuitous. It's all very deliberate and it does build the characters very well. They're not just saying things to say them. And the skin that is shown is also there to serve a very specific purpose, both comedic and empowering. I felt it was very empowering to for these two older actors to, you know, not be fully covered at times. They show that there is a sex life, there is a love, there is passion, and there really is, at the end of the day, uh, love is really truly ageless. And it's not because you're really old or that you're going to not be able to experience it, which I, was the best thing that I took from this. But at the end of the day, I don't want to spoil this because it is an amazing play that has a lot of twists and turns, um, hilarious twists and turns, and I do recommend it for anyone and everyone to see it. It is probably my favorite and I will actually say the best play I have ever seen the Arts Club put on. And I have seen many, many, many of the Arts Club's plays. They're all amazing, but this one has stood out for me completely. It has really put my view of the Arts Club at a whole other level. Um, the set is amazing. Costumes are perfect. Everything works so well together. And the screenplay and the choice for this play and the choice for the actors was just stupendous. Um, I took a friend to see it with me, actually. And this is a friend who is so involved in film that he actually forgot theater was a thing. And he hadn't gone to a play in years. And I was part of me was scared that... He was going to walk into this play and I was sure it's going to be, a, uh, I was pretty sure it was going to be a good play, but you know, there are a number of different people that think a number of different things and halfway through the show during intermission, he turns to me and he goes, 
I want to stop. I don't want to watch the play anymore. I just want to stop and post on every single social media. I just want to invite all of my friends to come watch this play because it's so good and I want to come and watch it again. And that was halfway through the show. We weren't even done. And when we left, he said the same thing. And so you can imagine to how good this the show was. Um, it was very fun. It was an incredibly fun night. And I do hope that if you see no other show this year, this is it. The Birds and the Bees took a completely different approach than the one I was expecting or hoping. No, not even expecting or hoping. The one that I imagined they would take, really. And it was so much for the better. I love that they broke out with all my expectations. They broke out. They broke with all what I thought could happen. And just presented this very raw, very real story that really shows that at the end of the day, life is a mess and things happen and you got to adapt and we're all connected. And I think that the title is also very significant because at the end of the day, yes, the birds and the bees is kind of reference to sex and it's like, you know, the talk. It's also a reference to their own farms, the turkey farm and the bee farm. But it's also a reference to the interconnectedness of nature. Um, all these different people, are, all of us, including from the smallest worm to the biggest elephant, we're all connected somehow. And this play really shows all the plays between those connections between a person and their land and a person and their community and a person and outside of their community, people that come in unexpectedly and how things flip around constantly. And so, yeah, like at the end of the day, this was truly one of my favorite plays I've ever seen. And I hope you can catch and you can enjoy it. The Birds and the Bee is playing live on uh, the... Live on the... Of course, it's live as a theater. It's playing on the Granville Island stage from October 26th to October 20... Sorry, September 26th to October 26th. So you have about a month left to watch it. It was incredibly good. Written by Mark Crawford and um, Ben as... Was at Christopher Allen as Ben did an amazing job at portraying this very naive, very quirky, very funny scientist, Ton Macbeth as Earl, portrayed this kind of uh, uh, old 60s, in his 60s, fuckboy energy, but with a beautiful, beautiful heart that she fell in love with at the end. Susan MacFarlane as Gail presented this perfect balance between being a mother and being a woman that I think is so hard to see sometimes. A lot of times we forget that our mothers and our grandmothers are above all individuals and are above all their own people before being anything else to us. And her portrayal of Gail as both an interaction with Sarah and then as on the other side, her interaction with Earl and then trying to conciliate those two was a beautiful thing to see and a really true and raw reminder of how all these different identities make part of our own, a single person. And Don Peden as Sarah, such a sassy character. I loved her performance immensely. She did a great, great job. Um, so yeah, that's the Birds and Bees for you guys. And now I'm going to do actually a really quick recap of one of the show, one of the films that I watched for Viv. But first I want to actually talk just about Viv in general. Viv is going on until this Friday, October 11th. So if there's still time to catch a few movies, um, just a reminder that Viv is a needs if you are going to watch any of Viv's films you do need a membership because none of the films at Viv are rated since it is a festival and um, the good thing about Viv is that even if you don't catch any of the shows by the end of this week you're only free during the weekend this weekend specifically there is Viv repeat 
which is are a few of the best shows that were voted as best shows, voted as best films during the festival, are going to be shown this weekend. And the schedule just came out, so please do check it out. Um, some of the show, some of the films that I was not able to see during the festival are actually going to be there, and I'll probably go, which is really really cool that they do that. Because at the end of the day, VIF gives an opportunity to see some films that might ever, never actually reach mainstream um, distribution. And so, if you do get a chance to catch anything at VIF, go and do it. It's totally worth it. And it's a very unique experience to see these films that very few people in the world are going to see. So, one of the films that I watched, and I'll talk about three... Uh, three today in general, but I'm going to start with this one because it frustrated me a lot. Uh, the name of this film is Divine Love. It is a Brazilian film, and I was just so incredibly disappointed by this film. Um, it has absolutely stunning cinematography. It has a very slow-paced film that which premise is very interesting, but I don't think was executed in a way that actually made it interesting. So Divine Love is set in Brazil in, 19, in 2027. So in our near future, and in this near future, um, everyone is kind of like put into a system uh, not much difference than the ideas we have now, but like every time you walk into an establishment, it scans who you are and tells um, and says, what is your marital status? And part of the reason that happens is because um, evangelical churches have kind of taken over the country, and but they aren't the evangelical churches the way you think about them today. They're kind of this new, they're called the Divine Love Church. And I don't know, they're kind of weird because they, in their words in the film, they do, they say that um, love should be shared, but the seed should always be planted in your wife. So basically they do promote orgies among couples, but married couples, only married couples. But they always want to make sure that the semen is put into the person's respective wife. Yeah, you can. I, I imagine that just by that description, you can already imagine how weird this film is. I went into this movie thinking that this is going to be an interesting premise. It's probably going to make me think about certain things that it, about religion and how we conform to certain things and not conform to others. But it simply disappointed me immensely because... Well, first off, nothing really happened. Um, throughout the film, we follow this, this couple, Joanna and Danilo, and they are trying really hard to have a child. They are part of this church, and they're trying really hard to have a child, so he is doing certain fertility treatments. She's trying to support. She's supporting him. And you see the married life and... How they went through a crisis, but now through going to Divine Love, the church Divine Love, they were able to, you know, overcome that crisis and truly be, be a couple, like a, a happy couple. And he uh, makes bouquets, like flower bouquets, and she works at a notary station. So basically, she's the person that's like finishes files divorces and finishes divorces and all of that documentation thing like the very bureaucratic and in her doing that she kind of get becomes involved in couples lives that are trying to get divorced and she brings them to the church and so the idea is that she's sharing this love she's bringing people to the church and that's her devotion to god but her constant questioning of God and her questioning, questioning of faith is that I'm doing all these things. Am I not doing enough? Why can why is God not gifting me? And so although at points in this film, there were a lot of things that 
to think about. There were a lot of things that truly made me consider why is this phrase like this? Why do we see the world like this? Why does religion, um, is, why is religion based so much in this, these pillars? At the end of the day, it was just a bad movie. And I wish I could say something else. Like the production value was absolutely amazing. Everything was very well made. But the films, the narrative itself was just so incredibly boring. And the final execution was so overly explicit with moments of what felt like actual porn on screen and a very explicit C-section um, that it was just not a pleasant film to watch and it felt at the end of the day like a waste of time. It, the ending was very abrupt. Um, what it felt like was for about an hour, the film, nothing happened. We just kind of like understand this world. And then something happens about an hour into the film. And then for that last half an hour, you're really expecting something incredible to happen, some sh complete shift. But no complete shift happens. There is no shift. The beginning and the end, there is no character development at all. And I think that was the most frustrating part for me because... There is no learning, there is no lesson, there is no event that changes, and there is no suspense or anything that actually justifies nothing happening. Um, and so, yeah, that's it was a very frustrating film. And out of all the films of If I've seen up to this point, it was probably the worst, and I hope it will stay as the worst, because Biff has really truly great amazing films uh like the two other ones that i'm going to talk about later but this one just wasn't it so yeah um i'll see you guys later i will not see you'll listen to me later live on air and i hope you enjoy this bye Independent pop duo Mating Rituals will be bringing their dance rock sound to the Biltmore Cabaret on October 18th with On and Glass Forest. Get your tickets now at mrgconcerts.com or Red Cat Records. Hey guys, please vote in this federal election. Pretty please? Please? Actually, no. You know what? F this. I'm not gonna beg you. Get the f out there and vote. This is your right and your responsibility. Don't give me that political apathy bullshit. Uh, what's the point? We're in a climate crisis, an opioid crisis, and a housing crisis. Your vote can actually do something about those things. We know the system is messed up, so let's fix it. Start by voting. Election day is October 21st. To register, find early voting dates, and any other info, please, please visit elections.ca. Hello, everybody. We're back. I mean, I'm back. <laughs> Anyways, um, I hope you enjoyed that review of Birds and Bees and um, some other films from VIF that Lua did. Um, also, I looked at the information. Um, so WIF is the last day is this Friday. Um, but do they do have VIF repeats, which is, you know, where they repeat the most popular films from the festival because not everybody might have gotten to see them. And, you know, for me, I actually wanted to see a movie called Yuli, but I couldn't because I had class classes that day during the time. Um, but they're putting it on VIF repeats and I'm going to be able to see it. So it's a great opportunity. And VIF repeats is happening until the 17th, which is next thursday um so make sure to go check it out and if you if you have um any uh, movies that you were not able to see it you might actually get to see them um yeah with that i'm gonna pass to a riff review 
um, that I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I saw a movie called Staff Only. It was French. Um, I mean, it wasn't fully French, so... Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, like, not prepared for this right now. I know I shouldn't be telling that, but I was just... Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Never mind. So, um, yeah, staff only. This shows the, um, Martha, okay, let's put it this way. Martha is the main character, and she goes on a vacation for her, um, for the, for Christmas with her dad and her brother. So, by the way, the country of origin of this movie is Spain and France and then there is Catalan French and then Wolof and all of it is in English subtitles so if you think you're not going to be able to understand don't worry they have subtitles it's all good okay so <laughs> anyways so it follows Martha um it's kind of a coming of age story she is 17 going on 18 during the trip actually and so they go to Senegal because her father is a tra travel agent and he is looking at different hotels to see which ones he want to, you know, um, come to an agreement with and actually send the tourists that come to him to that hotel. And so they go to this one hotel in Senegal and Martha um, gets has this totally different experience from what you would have normally uh, when you go to a vacation with your father and your brother for Christmas because what Martha does is she goes beyond the staff only doorway um, <laughs> which is funnily enough where the you know the title comes from anyways <laughs> so I just want to say before I get more into the movie <laughs> I was really confused in the beginning of the movie because I know that it's called staff only that's what it says on the tickets on a website everywhere and then the movie started and the title in the beginning was Martha's Journey <laughs> everybody was just confused it's like are we in the wrong movie what's happening um but nope it was the right movie um I don't know why the they did it that way but you know it was a fun <laughs> adrenaline rush thinking that you were in the wrong movie and you were watching the wrong movie but you know it wasn't so you know <laughs> just so you know <laughs> um anyways yeah um so let's continue so she when she goes beyond the staff only door um she meets these two people one is kuma and then the other one is aisatu um, so Huma is the local who shoots home movies for the tourists. So he basically makes, you know, memorabilia for the tourists so that they can remember what great of a time they had. And Aisatu is the, um, uh, the chambermaid. So she cleans the rooms and does all the laundry for the, you know, towels, sheets, and all that. And then, so what happens is Martha kind of um, becomes attracted to Huma. And also, major spoilers, I'm sorry, I'm just like giving you an overview, but you know, I'm sorry if you don't want to know what they're actually, what actually happens in a movie, <laughs> but I feel like it's important for my review. Anyways, so she, yeah, she gets attracted to Huma and then um, she becomes um, good friends with Aisatu and like, you know, helps her do stuff and all that. Um, but what happens is Huma's uh, camera breaks and Martha, also I should mention Martha and her dad does not have the best relationship. And so <laughs> Martha steals um, money from her dad and... Um, her dad notices, of course, but he thinks that Aisatu did it, so talks to the manager, Aisatu gets um, fired, and <laughs> Martha is just regretting everything, talks to Huma, and then Huma says that, you know, he doesn't owe her anything because they just met, she wanted to buy that camera 
just because, you know, she wanted to, he didn't ask her all that. And so you kind of get to see um, what, you know, what type of relationship that they actually had, you know, was it real? Was it just, uh, you know, just a Christmas vacation thing? And also you get to see Martha's um, evolution in the movie. You Because when they first go to Senegal, she hates everything. She doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to participate in any activity. And she even, you know, acts like she's sick one day to just get out of the activities and all that. But then towards the end... She is actually genuinely enjoying her time and her relationship with her dad is better. And, you know, just good character development, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I want to say, you know, it was good. I like French movies in general because, well, first of all, I speak French. So it's always nice to be able to understand the movie that you're watching. And, well, <laughs> second of all, I just think that French movies are really cool. They have uh, um, different um, look on stuff. They are really artsy. If you don't like artsy movies, I don't know, you might not enjoy this that much. Because, you know, there were some shots that you were like, what is happening right now? What does this have to do with the movie? But, you know, it actually has something to do with the movie. It gives you a deeper meaning. But there's just no talking, so you just assume it's, you know, not needed, but it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, definitely if you have the chance to um, watch Staff Only in any way, go um, watch it. It's really good. Actually, okay, so Staff Only is playing tomorrow. The last um viewing is tomorrow it's at 11 a.m yeah that might not be you know practical for everybody but if you're free at 11 a.m go see staff only it's really cool also i am joined in a studio by silvana our correspondent hello <laughs> hi sarah how are you i'm good thanks how are you i'm good thank you yeah that okay. sounds like a really good movie i really want to see it yeah, you sh if you're free at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I wish though. Yeah, as students, I it's really hard. But I feel like um, most with movies, you should be able to watch them somehow later. You know, I don't know how. Yeah. Some of them are actually going to be on, you know, cinemas um, after some time. I'm not really sure how long that time is, so I'm not going to be... I don't want to be giving any wrong information. But anyways, so, Silvana. Yeah, there are some others that sometimes, like, Viv, like, repeats. Yeah, yeah, I did mention really, that. Really oh, I'm so glad. Okay, so, everybody, <laughs> Silvana told no, me that... conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Silvana told me that they were... Uh, the Viv repeats had the U had Yuli, the movie I wanted to watch, the one that I mentioned. So um, um, thank you to Silvana for <laughs> letting me know that, you know, Viv repeats is happening and, you know, the movie I want to watch is in there. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> I hope that one, like, probably gets repeated. That would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, too. It was really good. There were a lot of people, so I feel like it might... Yeah. Anyways, um, you have a review for us. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so Soundhouse, tell us about it. Oh, Soundhouse was really fun. It was last Thursday. Um, what was it? It Soundhouse. Yeah. What What was it? Yeah. Is it oh. a play? A movie? Yeah. <laughs> Just it's, for you it's, know it's people who might not know. <laughs> it's an event. In, okay. Um, it was in the Museum of Anthropology. Mm -hmm. It It was held in the Hyde House, which is, um, the biggest um item in the museum mm -hmm. and it was also and it's also very interesting because um i mean t so that it's very interesting that the museum can hold these events in the house um they mentioned that it is very important um for like the space uh, you know because like um the Haida people um used it as um a, as a place to share culture and share music share art and uh, basically the museum is continuing this initiative um so it's very nice that right now like it's it's it, it's an event that's happened um quite a bit of times um i was lucky enough to arrive uh, to go to the first a uh, 
version they ever did last uh, February, but this was the first of this term. And this one was African vibes. So it was oh, very, uh, very interesting. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I went to Africa last this, this summer, so oh, I was actually uh, like super, super into it. Oh my God, where in Africa did you go? I went to Tanzania. Ooh, I did a global ooh, seminar so and it was really nice. It's one, one of the things that we like learned in the seminar were a few like Swahili words. Mm-hmm. And uh, the person that we were going to see in this, um, in this event is Ezra Kuzera. And he is this musician that actually speaks quite a bit of languages, like Mm -hmm. not only English, but like he mixes uh, some like verses and some like phrases in different African languages. Mm -hmm. One of them was Swahili, and I could actually understand some words. I was so happy. (laughs) That's great, honestly. (laughs) I haven't forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, he's. Uh, he's really talented. Mm. Um, he knows English, Kinyarwanda, uh, which is uh, the language that they speak in Rwanda. He's originally from Rwanda. Oh, okay. But, um, well, his family is from Rwanda, but he his childhood was spent in Uganda uh, after the 1994 genocide. Mm. And so he spent his childhood basically being a refugee. Oh, okay. and wow. Now, like, he's in Canada for, like, he's been in Canada for, like, 10 years, but, like, he's always, like, had that, like, with him mm-hmm. in this whole experience. And he speaks English, Kinarwanda, uh, Luganda, Zulu, and Swahili. Wow. So that's a lot of, that, like, yeah, yeah I was going to say the same thing. That's languages. a lot of languages. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was really, really interesting to hear all that combination. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also very interesting to see him, like, you know, like, stand up as a, like, as, like, having a, a person with, like, a re- like a history of, like, being a refugee. Mm-hmm. And also, like, knowing what it is to, like, being someone else, el- like, else's land. So, of course, we were in the Haida house. Yeah. And the first thing we usually do in events in Canada is, like, do a land acknowledgement, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. we say, like, where we are. Like, we are, like, CITR is, like, um in the unceded Muscum territory. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unceded ancestral traditional traditional Muscum territory. territory. Yeah. Yeah. Um and what he did was like the first song was it was instrumental but like it also had some like um a very very few like vocals but um it was very very like such a mood song and Ooh. he said that it was like a land acknowledgement but like in a song version so mm. i thought that was really really interesting yeah and the event in general was just it was just very vibrant because the house is all made of wood and everything just resonates and it's very small so it's a very intimate like concert setting mm-hmm. um and the people that are there like really like are into it everybody just stand like stood up we all danced he danced as well with us he like made some like you know choreography <laughs> and everybody cool. just like joined <laughs> it was very very fun um i was really glad i wanted to get i, I went and i would go again they yeah. do a di- in late dif- the different sound house events they like change it up all the time mm-hmm. uh, what he played was um a very nice eclectic mix between <laughs> um, <laughs> a East African bongo, a mm-hmm. soul, f- a, like soul, reggae, soca, and it was very, very cool. I would really recommend f- for like anybody to like check out the Museum of Anthropology and um, any future versions of Sound House. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, people. very highly recommended. Go yeah, go check it out. So we're going to go to a quick add-in PSA break, and then we'll be back with Lua. She's in the studio. Yay, she has some reviews. <laughs> Fun stuff. Okay, see Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. University can be challenging. Fortunately, there are resources on campus that can help you overcome any obstacle you might be facing. 
be it mental health, academics, finances, spirituality, sexual health, or something else. You can learn about all of these resources on campuslightbox.ca, created by UBC students for UBC students. Browse, filter, or search to find the unique path to your well-being. Campus Lightbox, your guide to well-being. And we're back. Hello, Lua. Hi, everyone. I just want to say how proud I am of Sarah. Like, <laughs> she kind of embarked in this crazy let's host a show thing because I asked her to and I'm just so proud to see her <laughs> feel so comfortable with the controls and everything but oh, so anyway <laughs> going back to Viv like I said earlier in my pre-recorded version haha love doing that <laughs> referencing myself um, I want to review two other movies that I watched um, over the past week and unlike the review I did before for that um <laughs> I'm just going to say interesting because honestly, it was, it was just, an experience. For it was you. an ex- experience, but it was definitely not a good one. Um, <laughs> these two films I have to talk about were absolutely amazing. Amazing in every sense of the word. And I could not be happier that I got to experience them. So, first off, I'm going to talk about another Brazilian film called Bacurau. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bacurau is the word in Portuguese for a bird species and it's also the name of this little town in the middle of nowhere and that's the what the movie is about I'm not actually going to say a lot about this plot of this film because part of the the deliciousness <laughs> of like watching this film is actually not knowing what's going to happen and walking in and being like okay there's going to be a film I got about a small town that disappears from the map. What next? Um, the thing is, this film very quickly becomes very surreal. And it becomes this quite this incredible reversal that you do not expect, you do not see coming at all. And it was just such a fascinating um, chance to see certain roles Mm-hmm. Not just reversed, but explored to that extent. So, like I said, Bakura is the story of this little town um, set in the near future where technology is a little bit more advanced and it reaches um, some other parts, uh, so like every single part of the country. And it's they're very poor and they have a water shortage. The street that is actually going to Bakura is closed off by some mercenaries. Um, for whatever reason that is not fully ever explained. Um, and all of a sudden, as they're looking like at a Google Maps type of thing, Bakurao disappears from the map. There is no Bakurao anymore. It's oh, not wow. there anymore. Literally even in like it is appears, yeah. yeah, literally in and the middle like, of nowhere. <laughs> even like the satellite version of it, this doesn't show it. It just shows desert because that's an area of Brazil that's very very dry. It's a desert like area. It just so it shows more desert. And so what happens after the city disappears, their traditions, like all these different things, is just amazing. I don't want to spoil it. I really don't want to spoil it, which is why I'm not going to go super into detail about this. But know that this is a film that is worth every single minute that you spend watching it. And every single minute is going to take you on a different adventure. Oh, wow. Um, And on that, it was actually the one that competed with Parasite for the Ken award this year mm-hmm. oh, wow. uh, it did not win but it did win the jury's choice oh. so this yeah, you know is it's good <laughs> a, a good film and it will probably be one of the films that is going to come back to art cinemas in vancouver so you will have a chance to actually watch it outside of vif which is really great which is one of the reasons i love mm-hmm. talking about it <laughs> although i if you ever watch the film and want to talk to me about it i have so much to unpack <laughs> But I can't unpack it on air because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and so the second film um, was a horror zombie indigenous film. Oh, what? Very, very, very cool. Um, it's called Blood Quantum. Um, and the significance of the title, I only found out later, is that Blood Quantum is actually a, um, a law that certain tribe certain not tribe sorry certain indigenous nations have well more specifically the government set 
for indigenous nations that to be part of certain indigenous nations you have to have a certain blood quantum so a certain percentage of your blood has to be indigenous right and i only actually understood that after the film Mm -hmm. i was like oh cool this is gonna be a cool horror film Mm -hmm. and then i was like oh wait (laughs) (laughs) meaning (laughs) but anyway one of the really cool things about this film is that it is an indigenous is made uh, by an indigenous director composed the so the guy that directed it wrote it and composed the music for it which is really incredible not yeah, not a lot amazing. of people do all yeah. of that um and it's a zombie film right it's a horror zombie film if you don't like horror zombie films i don't recommend it <laughs> at all it is a it does fulfill its genre very very well oh, but yeah. it also diverges from its genre by implementing the indigenous nature and reverting certain roles mm-hmm. reversal of roles guys i'm all about that um but as i was saying um what was i saying reversal no but before that uh zombies zombies Zombies. yes (laughs) zombies a lot of blood a lot of blood zombies are one of my favorite horror styles of film because they are hilarious to me (laughs) like it's just so funny because it's just so ridiculous like it's literally because they will have scenes where it's literally like oh you have to kill these 10 zombies and then like you know like the drop scare and like yeah. half a body and the zombie's still moving and it's still doing things you know like i yeah, love that love stuff it. it's so cool but the premise of this film is that in 1981 they are in this reserve and all of a sudden a zombie apocalypse breaks out and the only people that are not able to be infected are indigenous peoples Oh. And that's part of the reason blood quantum comes into it, right? Mm-hmm. How much of indigeneity do you have to have to not be affected so by the virus? Yeah. And so it's the complete reversal of like the colonized versus colonizers because now the superior race, quote unquote, is the indigenous peoples that have this quote unquote superpower yeah. to be resistant to the, vi- the zombie virus. Mm-hmm. However, that does not mean that the zombies do not eat them. That just means that they can't contract the virus. So zombies okay. still like eat whoever. Okay. Zombies are still out there uh-huh. doing creating havoc and whatnot. Yeah. But like, if a zombie bites you, you still survive. Oh, so you don't become a zombie. You don't become oh, a zombie. That's wow. that's that's, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Wait, okay. Wait, do zombies eat then? I'd like Zombies eat people. Right? I mean I that's, don't know. That's the whole thing about zombies. Yeah. Zombies eat people. They're the undead, they, people die and then they're undead. Yeah. I think the people that like not the people. The movies that I've seen that have zombies in it, they don't digest the people. They just like yeah, they kind of like and they're just like Ugh. yeah. Okay, these zombies are fast though. Okay. These zombies oh, are wow. fast and they're not smart because no zombies are smart. But there's so much horror comedy. There's so much comedy. <laughs> but as, okay, so this film actually took me on a complete emotional roller coaster. I was sobbing by the end of it. Oh wow! So it started for me. It started with like oh, okay, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. <laughs> This is fascinating. Very funny. Very, very funny scenes. There's a scene with a... Uh, uh, what what the, the thing calls that is like when you put wood into it, like a wood chipper. Okay. So okay. they were talking about like, oh, we don't have enough ammunition like to kill kill all the zombies, but we need to keep our, our side protected, right? Uh-huh. Um, how do we do... How do we create a... How do we come up with a solution that does not waste bullets, does not put us in harm's way and does not leave a bunch of bodies behind a wood chipper <laughs> a wood chipper you know why because the zombies walk right into the wood chipper and out they come the other side <laughs> and it was the most unexpected scene because i was like yeah they're talking about like oh he figured out a way to do it and then it just cuts to <laughs> and i was like this is great um but yeah really funny moments and then I all of, you all of a sudden become so involved in these people's lives and their struggles. Mm-hmm. And obviously there had to be a pregnancy, right? No, of course. <laughs> it had, like there had, a zombie? No, like, it, like a pregnant woman that's trying to survive the apocalypse. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like and at the yeah. end of it, I was just sobbing. Like, I just couldn't. Like, I was just like, too many things happened that is making me oh too God. emotional. Uh, beautiful, beautifully crafted movie. The cinematography of it, absolutely stunning. Um, shot here in Canada. It is a Canadian film, which mm-hmm. is really cool to nice. see as well. And, um, <coughs> sorry, at the end of the day, this 
is a film that although it fulfills a genre it fulfills the comedy it fulfills the horror it fulfills all of that it also brings into question a lot of the things about racial inequality mm -hmm. superiority of race mm -hmm. um and above all extremism and xenophobia and racism um not yeah um because with this reversal some of the indigenous the people in the indigenous community also become radicalized mm -hmm. where they're like we are superior yeah. these white people are only here taking away our resources they do not deserve to be here and chaos ensues from the conflict between the people that are like wait they are people too yeah to obviously we were chosen for a reason yeah you know and that is never explained why they 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 are immune. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the middle of the zombie apocalypse, apocalypse, so it does make sense that it's never explained. Um, and I think part of the reason that it's not explained is another great way because there is no explanation yeah. in exactly. our world to be like, oh, why did Europeans colonize the world? There, there is no explanation for yeah. it. It just happened, and so although there is no reason for it people still try to attach a meaning to it. Yeah. And at the end of the film, there was actually, I got to experience a, a talkback, which was really cool. Not mm -hmm. every VIF movie has a talkback. Yeah. And this one was one of the ones that did. And actually, one of the actors in the film was in the audience Ooh. watching the film for the first time, which was really cool. Oh, my God. And he just stood up and was like, I just want to say, like, this is the first time I'm watching it. It was so cool. Thank Ooh. you so much for making this. That must have been right? nerve-wracking, though. Oh, <laughs> my God. And I was God. like, man, that's that's... That's awesome. That's so dope. Wow. Um, and, so yeah. <laughs> and so the director was talking about how he wrote it and directed it. But for the composition of the music, what he did was like after editing all the cuts and everything, after having the movie ready, he sat down, watched the movie and composed while while he watched it. Oh, wow. And so that is truly one of the aspects of the film that I have never seen a horror movie done this yeah. Do what it this crap. well. Mm -hmm. um, the music, the musicality of it, touched me so deeply that I think that's why it took me such a roller, co like emotional mm -hmm. roller coaster, because it allowed me to. It, it the music felt very raw and very in tune with every single moment. Mm -hmm. It felt perfectly matched, oh, and I guess great. that's the explanation yeah, for yeah, it, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but overall, beautiful film, amazing completely recommended i do hope it comes out soon like with level 16 last year it came out in the spring so in april sometime maybe we'll be seeing it the real um hopefully great. like i hope because i do that's this is one of the films that i want to watch again and this time not go in for the horror of it mm -hmm. but go in for thinking about yeah, the analysis, the, the analysis. Exactly. Very cool. Bakura, actually, I do want to watch that one again because, again, there's so much to unpack there. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to watch it just so yeah. we can have a conversation That's about so it. Because yeah, now I want to watch it. I am it. so confused yeah. about so many things. And at the same time, it's like, this is genius. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Amazing. Both of them, great. VIF is still happening for two, three more days yeah, until and Friday. Then, and then until the 17th, there's with repeats. I already talked about it awesome cool and yeah. one last thing before we end the show because uh, the medicine show has some really cool stuff yeah if you're listening to it, i'm not sure if you can hear it yeah i think my friend yeah, well <laughs> i asked my friend because i wasn't sure if you could hear it or not so i asked my friend if you can hear it and he said you can hear it a little so hey quick you know just a little preview of what the medicine show has in store for the next hour yeah it's, it's an hour show right yeah and yeah. so very exciting but before we conclude i just want to say um that um sorry i'm looking up there's is that a shout out yeah the shout yeah. out for something that's really cool that's happening if you're interested in opera and you are under 40 years old um there is a 40 under 40 uh mm -hmm. happening for sorry uh, let me just get <laughs> that information for you so la traviata is happening october 17th and with la traviata uh which is um put on by uh adelaide queen elizabeth theater by vancouver opera vancouver opera is having this really cool opportunity this really cool sale um not really sale but 
uh, deal. Deal that if you're 40, your tickets are under 40. So 40 Ooh. under 40. So 40 dollars. So for all those under 40. So if you're under 40, which is a lot of people, <laughs> <laughs> including most college students, yeah, you get the chance to experience an opera, which is usually pretty expensive for under 40 dollars, which is a really cool a way to. Put yourself out there, put yourself out of your comfort zone and experience something you might not usually experience um, with something that is not going to like take a huge part of your budget. Right. So check it out. We're going to do another shout out next week because that's still going on. And one of our reporters is actually going to go to La Traviata if you're curious about like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to watch it. So we'll have a review for you, too. So be sure to tune in next week. And thank you so much. The Medicine Show will be coming up next. Yes. And And have a fun, nice Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Canadian Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And next week, if you aren't able to catch all the VIF shows this weekend, because we all wish we could catch all the VIF shows, uh, we will be having more reviews because we're going to finish up watching a few other films this week. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing one tonight. Me too. It's going to be very exciting. (laughs) I saw one, but like, I guess we'll save it for next week. Yeah, yeah. We don't have time unfortunately it's um and so next week will probably be all about viv which is very fun and yeah that's that's it for us today goodbye have fun happy thanksgiving hope you enjoy your weekend yes goodbye